1: Folks, here on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WTKA online at WTK.com. Sam Webb, Ira Weintraub on the other side, and MGO Blog Roundtable. We have an in studio portion of the MGO Blog Roundtable as Seth Fisher is in studio and he came bearing gifts. You hold it up. There it is. Can you see it? Held to it the is. Victors. There it you is. can see it on the screen. If you're driving, you can't see it, but I'm holding it up on the screen. That's right.
2: We're a visual podcast, Sam. Kel, tell the folks about Held to the Victors 2022. Well, I got it out just in time before the season began, obviously. Uh, We're not counting the (laughs) preseason. We we did write about them. First half is all the previews. Brian wrote uh, a lot of them. I wrote a lot of them. And in the back half are a lot of good features that are still just as relevant. And the very, very last page has a picture of my Sparty brother wearing Michigan gear. So there you go. (laughs) All
1: right. All right. Well, also joining us as always... Uh, The guy, the man who started it all over at MGO Blog, Brian Cook, BC. Good morning. Hello. And then the venerable one, Craig Ross. Craig, how are you this morning?
3: (sighs) All I got to say is you get no bread with one meatball. And so I don't know what you get with three meatballs. That's all.
1: I'm trying to get the reference. <laughs> I think
4: we just played a bunch of meatballs.
3: Wow! Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I got gotcha,
4: you. I got gotcha. you. Okay. I thought he was talking about us. <laughs>
3: no. Well, I hadn't thought of it. <laughs>
1: All right. So.
2: Um, I'm a matzo ball, not a meatball. I Thank mean, you very much. Th- this is
1: one of those weeks where I mean, you, you only sp- we aren't going to spend a ton of time talking about uh, the opponent, but just your 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 takeaways from the. Uh, beat up beating up of another cupcake brian this time uconn
4: well i like the the fact that they took advantage of what uconn was doing right so they run a ton of wide receiver screens all of which were successful some of which were big plays and if you connect that to what michigan has in jj mccarthy you suddenly become very difficult to defend horizontally and i was uh, just reading twitter and you know people are talking about what you can do in the nfl with lamar jackson and they, Ravens run a lot of bubbles. So I think Matt Weiss, coming from that coaching tree, knows how to handle a mobile quarterback in a style that is amenable to Jim Harbaugh and his NFL approach. So I thought that was, that was encouraging. And then we saw another handful of throws from J.J. McCarthy that were either good to very good to great, uh, particularly the throw to Bell that was almost a touchdown where he's getting a guy in his chest. He's got two guys in the route. And not only does he make the correct decision, but he puts it where only Bell can get it. And I'm like, all right, we got something there. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, I have a question for you on, on this, Brian. One commentator said that Michigan was running these bubble screens to the uh, field and felt that was pretty unusual. And it was only plausible because uh, JJ has a strong enough arm to make that throw to the field. Uh, do you agree with that or is that?
4: no yeah. i mean i didn't i didn't who I mean, said that but, uh, just some yahoo
3: it was in the athletic i'll leave it at that
4: oh uh oops
3: <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was just some commenter on the no i mean oh. you throw
4: bubbles to the field but i i will say that particularly mm-hmm. on the first one like he's he's leading roman wilson to the line of scrimmage right yeah. so he he catches that moving forward about either a yard behind or at the line of scrimmage. And the quality of the throw on those is often something that goes unremarked upon. And that one was pretty obviously one that set Michigan up for success.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, an out to the field is an an arm throw, but a bubble – not a bubble. Yeah,
3: I, I thought it was a cure. I mean, obviously, the better you throw it, the better it is, you know, re- regardless of, uh, of what the pass is. I mean,
2: Perhaps I couldn't throw it, but there's nothing about McNamara's arm that's going to be right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that,
4: yeah, that's what I felt like, yeah. too. So yeah. Yeah.
2: So,
1: um, yeah, yeah. I
4: mean, it does get their hair faster, mm-hmm. and maybe that helped Roman Wilson dodge that guy when they correctly mm-hmm. anticipated it and blitzed to the bubble. So, uh, I'm not saying that it's totally useless, but yeah, you see, you see bubbles to the field all the time. Yeah. That's okay.
1: So your, your takeaway, Seth.
2: Yeah. I, I read about it this morning. The um, UConn was playing like they had Dax Hill or Jabril Peppers and, and they don't. So <laughs> like, you know, like you want to bring a guy in and, and blitz the edge, then, you know, you can go screen him or you can go inside of them. That's the other thing they're doing is they're splitting their lines really wide the way that Michigan does. Now, Michigan, did that last year because they had Aiden Hutchinson. They did it, you know, this year because they got Mike Morris, and he's 292 pounds. So they play that way because they can crush that uh, that that space closed again. UConn can't, can't. They're just like, we know you want to run to the edge. And Michigan's like, yeah, we want to run to the edge. That's what we do. We run split zone, and we run counter. And so, like, Michigan finally figured out ways that they could do that, but they were, you know, they they couldn't run what they wanted to come to practice, right? They just want to do their – the good old fashioned runs to the edge and you just like, we're just going to put all of our chips in that one bowl and, you know, and see if you can stop it. And finally, Michigan said, okay, we're going to put two tight ends out there. And now you don't know which side we're going to. And that was, that was it. Craig. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, again, I, I have questions for Brian. Cause he's looked at the uh, offense in particular. I, um, I thought Olawatimi is just killing it at center from my vision i mean this guy is rem- a remarkably good football player um and but i wonder about the rest of the offensive line and how and how it's grading out against defenses that are pedestrian let's let's say that well, and because i'm not convinced <laughs>
4: yeah i mean zinter graded out well jones graded out well on the ground I and mean, we had some pressure incidents from jones but just the one really and that was more of a minus one than a minus two. Mm -hmm. So, and then, you know, El Hadi is a guy who I don't think is going to be a long-term starter. I think it's going to be Keegan. So whatever he's putting up now is more like, all right, well, what do we have for next year with him? And then I think Hayes is still a little bit rusty. So there were a couple incidents where I thought he had targeting issues. And, but in terms of like, are these guys making the right decisions? Mostly? Yes. Are they, are they, Moving guys, when they contact them, mostly yes. And so the problems that existed on the ground, such as they were, I mean, it, they they did a, they were efficient on the ground. They averaged like over six yards a carry. But every time there's a two-yard loss against UConn, people freak out. Um, <laughs> so what issues there were on the ground were kind of the better kind of issues where it's just one guy making a mistake. Mm-hmm. And all you got to do is fix the rate of mistakes by 5-10% and then you don't have those plays there's only really one play the second and 12 where they had a second consecutive tackle for loss that got buried but everything else it was just like alright this is one mistake from one person we'll work on it it'll get better Yeah, along the same lines uh, you know
3: Olawatimi, I, I thought this was interesting uh, when uh, UConn went to a shade on the nose or uh, I don't think they played any zero tech but they played a lot of sort of shade uh on the run game Olawatini seemed like he was pretty more than comfortable on 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 double on doing the standard zone block or old doodah blocks where he hit the guy on the play side and then cut up to the linebacker but when they they played some even fronts and on the even fronts he was actually pulling yeah, and mm-hmm. and uh, and I thought and and seemed completely comfortable with that. And I think that's a very difficult play for most centers to snap the ball and and make that pull and still and 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 still be in the offense appropriately. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, and then that's
0: to,
4: to yeah. do that as a guy who brings some oomph when he gets to yeah. a block is very impressive. Like you know, David Mulk could do that, but David Mulk wasn't three hundred fifteen pounds or whatever. Right. The yeah. the team he is. And
1: that's what stands out to me with him because it's. Today these days, you got to be able to pull as a center. I mean, it, it used to be an exceptional trait, but the difference it, with him is he he pulls and he finds work. <laughs> like he can, <laughs> he makes things happen when he gets out in space. He can. I mean, the play where they on the reverse where they scored a the touchdown where he blocks two guys. <laughs> uh, I mean that that's yeah. an example of what I'm talking about. Now you know, in fairness to Vistartus, he made some plays like that last year. On the move, but the the, the difference in physicality, uh, whether it's at the point or on the move, is stark. Like this, when he hits you, he moves you, and that is that is definitely noticeable there's, with the Olu- There's team.
2: a play. Uh, it was a, I think Quorum's first touchdown uh, where you know we actually got to runaways before, before he dived into the pile, um, and that play I thought was. i uh, Brian. May, looked at it too. I'm sure, but like I thought, all oh, the team he did an amazing job, and he pulls, and. Uh, UConn was doing what Iowa was doing last year, where they kind of bring that edge up and in, and that's just supposed to, like, jam everything up, and it's really hard to get around that guy. You just have a bad angle for getting around him. Although Timi impacts him, he rocks him back, so he puts him back where he should be, and then he kind of shuffles his way around him and pins him inside in time for Schoonmaker to see that he got, he has to go around him. Because if you don't make that block in time, the tight end is just going to go inside of you, right? And yeah, that so kind of created the that idea... edge.
4: Yeah, so the idea there is you shoot inside the first puller, and even if he gets you, you get enough depth so that you pick off the second guy. Mm-hmm. And Michigan's actually been really good at preventing that from happening in all three games because a lot of small schools will try this kind of stuff because it works really well on their level because they don't have the guys with the ability to to forestall uh, a guy showing up in a gap that you don't expect and not only blocking him, but blocking him such that he gets no penetration at all. So... Yeah, I, I thought that was impressive.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, t- to me, you look at a game like this, and uh, and that play that you're talking about, I thought Schoonmacher. Schoonmacher was outstanding. Mm-hmm. His his recognition to to really to, to get around and then to to let the guy sort of sp- he because you spilled him. You were able to 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 kind of see on the move that. You gotta work around him and this guy's coming inside. You can wall him off so Blake Corbin can get around. I think you were talking about that counter mm-hmm.
0: early in the game. Yep. We
1: looked at that we looked at that play and Schoenmacher as a run blocker has come so far. He has yes. come mm-hmm.
4: so far. He's been the guy who relative to last year, his grading has absolutely broken out to the point where I mean, Eric all is not that involved in Michigan's ground game right now. And Seth's grading for Eric All was rapturous last year, so I mm-hmm. think that says an awful lot about what both he and Honigford are doing. Honigford has also come a really long way. I mean, last year he dropped 30 pounds, and I think he was kind of in between where he wasn't that agile, and he didn't have that kind of oomph that an OL brings, but now he's, his blocking is is very good, and I think that's why you're seeing him on the field so much. Like They have Eric All, They have Luke Schoenmacher. If Joel Honigford wasn't playing really well, he wouldn't be on the field.
1: So, how much of this translates, guys? To how much of what that's, you've seen thus far—that's I mean, that's the question. That's that the, question. the question. And All right, so, go ahead. Go
4: ahead. The, the stuff that we know translates is Ronnie Bell. We've seen Ronnie Bell against Big Ten competition. We've seen Cornelius Johnson. We've seen, like we know what the wide receivers are like. We know what the tight ends are like. We have a pretty good idea about most of the offensive line. We know what Hayes is like. We know what Keegan's like. I'm going to just give Olotimi a pass because. <laughs> <laughs> he's really good we, and, yeah we know what he's like and then we we, we have a pretty good idea what zinter is like so we have question marks about Trent A. jones and we have question marks about like is jj mccarthy going to be a heisman finalist this year <laughs> those are the question marks like we know what quorum looks like so i think almost all of it is going to translate uh and might be some hiccups on the offensive line and and jj mccarthy might throw a pick or two but so far his decision making has been fantastic yes, even under is. pressure
1: see that's the part to me that translates maybe the some of the physical advantages that we see uh, in, in these games like you know we got to wait to see if all this this zero this zero coverage is going to stand up against better competition right mm-hmm. um we got to see if if the pass rush I know they they didn't have any sacks in this last game but they got pressure you know they were getting rid of the ball quick you know the quarterback was uh, was getting out they went to run the football there are reasons that I I didn't come away saying ah uh, you know so, Let's, let's be concerned about the, the, the pressure. I want to see, I wanna see um, with that if some of these edge guys in, in one-on-one situations in these upcoming games, if they can really maintain the level of dominance that we've seen because they played on the other side of the line of scrimmage all day long. Can they do that against better competition? But the part that translates to me is what Brian said, the decision-making for J.J. McCarthy. You know, regardless of of what's happening physically on the other side and, and your physical advantage in some of the matchups, uh, I look at the at the over route. We we uh, we um, telestrated this with with mm-hmm. Devin. You guys may have seen it, but he got a he got a big play last last week, and it seemed like
2: where you Ronnie Bell on the drag across. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> it, it
1: seemed like the post was going to be open again.
2: Well, they gave him a cover too. Look. Right? And, like, you know, that's supposed to be for the post. Yeah. Like, that's the look, right? And then, yeah, and then he turns around, and, like, they. that's what UConn was doing. They're like, we're going to blitz your edges, and we're going to just drop our guys back so you can't pass deep, so you have to find something underneath. And And he did. did. Yeah, he just coolly like, okay. I
0: think that's my my look. Yeah. This is Rich Eisen. Does your antiperspirant keep you dry all day? Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray goes on instantly dry for a cleaner feel and offers 48 hours sweat and odor protection. I've used antiperspirant sticks for years, but what's great about Dove Men Dry Spray is that it feels light and clean on your skin. It's also quick and easy to use. Great for topping up when you're on the go. Also, Dove Men Dry Spray contains Dove's unique one-quarter moisturizing cream that helps protect your skin try dove men plus care dry spray goes on dry clean feel all day
4: Uh, and and to me honestly the sack he took on third down that was great decision making because yeah he's got a couple guys underneath who cares who cares about the guys underneath those aren't going to convert you a first down and he's waiting for cornelius johnson to break downfield and he never does and and, I'm sure they
1: told him throw it away. <laughs> sure they told him I mean, that, but but it didn't matter. I don't, in the thing I not I, I, don't,
4: I don't even think you should throw it away. I think you should hold that ball until the last possible second, just in case he's got something.
2: You want a and, Dalen Baldwin? Is that that's what you want? You want a I Dalen mean, Baldwin again?
4: Because we've you seen gotta, him do I mean, it. I mean, <laughs> if JJ McCarthy breaks the pocket and you're on the opposite side of the field, that play is not over for you. <laughs> and I think true. Michigan wide receivers need to to kind of get that and internalize that. And, yeah. That scramble drill from the wide receivers, they're working on the scramble drill in practice this week. I'll tell you that.
3: Yeah, I mean, I i wasn't, uh, Brian and I talked about that last night, and I wasn't convinced at first. I went back, I got up early this morning, went back, looked at that play, and I Just thought- Just
4: so, oh, so, so you could say I was wrong. No, in <laughs> fact, I came
3: away thinking, uh, I think Brian's right here, that he, you know, that in fact, that- you are you are correct about this that it did make sense for him to wait till the last possible section uh, second particularly where they weren't getting the first down with what whatever he had underneath and so even though I was one of the plays I was critical of of JJ post game I think I was wrong and that and that you're basically he basically did the right thing there and I and I think you're even right in deference to tossing it away because he was waiting to the last conceivable moment right like make plays
4: you know right right he takes a two-yard loss on third and 14 i don't care but if one of those wide receivers breaks the right way that's Mm -hmm. a touchdown so
3: yeah um, i i I think you're right he did make i think one bad read in the run game i don't know if you agree with me on that it was a, a, a play that he kept where he should have gave it it was a or I think it was the second series. You know series. what? I looked at yeah, that. Was, I looked was at that when three.
2: They were blitzing the edge on the other side, so the the run probably doesn't go anywhere. Any, I mean, the, yeah, it, it has a chance right. to cut up and and maybe like get the first down as on third and three.
4: Yeah, but you, you got a guy who's square to you two yards mm-hmm. in the backfield. Mm-hmm. That's give. Yeah, like, a give. Yeah, it's a give
2: all the way.
1: Yeah, it's and a and
4: give. I'm sure, I'm sure that yeah. JJ was not expecting a really disciplined play from a former Michigan State <laughs> player playing from UConn. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> this probably all went through his head as he was just making yeah. that decision <laughs> hey, well, I mean, he, he tapped his chest afterwards he knew it was on him mm-hmm. so i mean that was yeah it was a bad play and but he i think most of those you don't see him checking to the sideline before those bubbles right so i think those bubbles were pre-snap options He not the areas, option to yeah. throw it and then there was one where he's definitely reading it through the mesh so I think it was the first or second one where he's staring down the linebacker, and the linebacker's not going anywhere because J.J. McCarthy's staring right at him. I don't know what he does, but when he looks at someone, they stop moving. <laughs> <laughs> and so he holds that guy, and that's a large reason that bubble is successful. So they are, I think they're giving him all the stuff that they were giving McNamara in terms of pre-snap checks, and then he's on another level from, I think, anyone we've seen in the Harbaugh era when it terms when it comes to terms of reading a mesh point, or we're talking about the one mistake he's made in three games.
2: I'd, I'd much rather him make that mistake and try to go on the edge sometimes because that means the guy has to set up out there. Because what teams were doing last year is just, they knew Michigan was going to give it unless the, it was like the most extreme thing ever, right? And so they, they would kind of come in, but they'd be leaning inside already. So the second the ball goes, that guy's coming down too, and he actually affects the run play. I'd much rather him make that mistake once than make the other mistake five times the game. Yeah, and, and that, I,
4: that's a reasonable point. I mean, last year, I mean, it was even worse than that sometimes where people would turn their hips 90 degrees to line mm-hmm. of scrimmage and just tear after the back, and we still wouldn't have a pull, and I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> so. Let's let's, all, <laughs> let's not you, do
1: that. Today. I mean, today, <laughs> I, I just sensed that they didn't, you know, I, I just don't remember them giving um, uh, Cade a lot of a lot of reads. They just ran, ran split zone. And, well. And just said go. And just said go. They gave it to
2: him sometimes. They also gave him RPOs, and he would not. Oh, he yeah. would hand it off to, and the yeah. and that was another thing. Like I we'll go back another game, but I mean the two games maybe when um no the Hawaii game when JJ like pulls that RPO and throws it to Ronnie Bell like that's not a our most guys are that's a give read right because that's just on the edge and if it's on the edge it's a give read and he's like I can put that in there you know like that he he knows what he's got. And the other thing we we talked about that Ronnie Bell play he got, well there's two reads on that side, right? So if they take away your post, that means that they're going to have you have a high low on the left side. You have a running back or someone coming in the flat and then you have the, you know, your drag route going across maybe 10 yards deep. He looks at that guy and he makes sure that guy comes down on the running back so mm-hmm. he gets the bigger throw. So he's not just, you know, he's not just getting the second thing. He's making his second option the better option.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's
4: hard to It's hard to tell just now because of the quality of the teams they've played against, but he really does not feel like a second year quarterback in college, you know, like just the, the things he's doing with his eyes, the things, the reads he's making the fact that yeah, after the snap, everybody is still alive. He's not predetermining something and then going for a check down, you know? So all that stuff is, is very good. And I think that's for the most part, opponent invariant. uh, at least in terms of like what happens when you have a clean pocket. Now he's not going to have a clean pocket as much against other teams, but we've seen him make good decisions even when things break yeah. down.
1: So. Yeah, I, I that's what I marvel at the 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 pass that you're talking about that we keep that we keep talking about here, where he hits the over, he absolutely manipulates that flat defender. Mm-hmm. He absolutely he he pulls him to him. To open the hole, and that's that and that's a is big, next level quarterback,
2: and that's a big deal, right? Like that, the difference between you know a third and four and first and ten Aye. is a big deal.
1: Well, it's not. And, it to me, it's not okay. Post is post hole is closed. Let me go to number two. No, it's okay. I see number two. I can make this more open. Mm-hmm. Let me manipulate this flat defender. Now it's more open, and it's a pinpoint pass on top of it. That's the uh, uh, or or the one where he's on the move. <laughs> Where he's on the move, oh, the Schoonmaker
4: I, one. I love that. I love that pass. <laughs> yeah, well, he he makes a decision there, right? So he's got a guy coming in his face, and he's like, "All right, this guy could bat my pass down. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to run around him, and then I'm going to have a lane." I was like, <laughs> yeah. And you on the on the fields like level replay that they provided, you see him accelerate, and I mean that's not a whole lot of not a whole lot of guys who can throw that well are making that play. It's, it's a rare combination of talents.
3: Let me ask you guys, I haven't really looked at Maryland. I mean, is Maryland's – I mean, Mar- I know we know Maryland has a pretty good offense or maybe more than a pretty good offense. Uh, but what about their defense? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they haven't shown a lot against mid- – I mean, SMU put up yards this week. I mean, is this going to be anything, anything they, different? Well,
2: they have a really good offense. They're allergic to defense. It's an allergy, Craig. They're allergic
4: to defense. <laughs> SMU has has a veteran quarterback. They have mm-hmm. you know some talent. When well, we played them, and they moved the ball on us several years ago, and I think they're coming off a pretty good year. So, I mean, I don't think that this is going to be a above average Big Ten defense, but I think it'll be average ish.
2: I mean, they're they're they have problems at linebacker again. Uh, they got a new defensive coordinator this year who was uh, promoted from defensive line coach, and like you know, I think that there's been some losses along the way cuz he's not really been a you know really coordinated before and you can see that they're really still trying to figure out who their guys are. I think they benched a couple guys against SMU because they were just not making reads. They just they're playing a true freshman at the other middle linebacker spot. I mean, he's a talented true freshman. He was a I think he was a five-star player, but like you're still We've seen true freshman linebackers. You know what Devin Bush looked like as a true freshman. You saw Junior Colson last year. They get a lot better, but there's a lot on their plate. And being a middle linebacker as a freshman against Michigan's offense, where like they're making gaps appear everywhere and there's so much to look at and you know, JJ McCarthy's gonna stare you down and put you in the wrong spot. Like I I don't think that Maryland is gonna do much against Michigan's offense. Their cool. offense is good and they can get better because some of their receivers are coming back from injury and you know, they haven't played well yet. Dante Demas has kind of had a rough start, but I think it's just you know, it's just drops and stuff like yeah, that. Like that stuff might be better.
1: They're giving up over four hundred yards a game. They gave up five hundred yards last week. Uh, they are they are horribly disciplined. Uh, they <laughs> I think it was I think it was like fourteen penalties last week or fifteen. Fifteen, 15 yeah. penalties last week.
2: Don't shortchange him.
1: Yeah, and they're they're averaging over, aren't they? Averaging over ten, Ira. I mean, they, it's just
2: and that's it, what hurt them last year. Like I last mean, year wasn't as much of a blowout as it should have been, or more it, than what should have been.
4: It'll be a step up. Like Maryland's not good, but compared to the defenses Michigan has played so far, it is a useful measuring mm-hmm. stick in in some regard. And then they get the final exam against Iowa, at least on one half of the ball. So I think it the, the schedule sets up really well for Michigan to have a pretty good idea. Of what they have um, five games in, without actually having a game that looks like it's going to be really threatening.
1: Yeah, I look at I look at this as it's about the defense. This is a test for a legit legit test for the defense. And again, it, it's it's the the level of aggression that we've seen. Does that can that translate? Now, even if it can't, I'm not that concerned because this is not. I mean, they're. There's actually an off speed pitch. like you you know you actually have an alternative, unlike in the Don Brown era where mm-hmm. it was like one trick pony. you've seen a variety of, of coverage schemes with with uh, with Jesse mentor. So if he gets in the game and you realize some of these matchups don't hold, um, I'm confident that he has other go to's. But I just want to see if it if it works, can you really can you really cover? With uh, some of their receivers, with with Mikey Saint Ristol and Makari Page and Rod and Rod Moore, because yeah. if you can,
2: man, that that's that's a question. Because like Raheem Jarrett is going to be, he's real, right? And that's going to be a, a test that they're going they're not going to face another guy like that until Ohio State, I think. So, yeah. you know, if Saint Ristol can handle him, then you're then you're good. What they're not going to be able to do is a lot of the amoeba stuff that they've been doing the first few weeks, where like they drop defensive ends into the slant because. I mean, we we saw that when Ojabo tried to drop with Jackson Smith, the uh, jigbo last year. Like, that's just not a you just he just don't want was, that. He wasn't he, see, but, and they but that was that was they caught him in mankind I know, that I know, I know. But like, and they
1: didn't like to use Ojabo in that in that way.
2: Right, but they don't want to. They don't want to drop Upshaw like that. All, but they've been doing a ton of that.
4: They're they dropping well, their edges all the time. Right? They well, drop Mike
1: Morris like that. They're,
4: yeah, they're yeah, they're going to keep doing that. I mean especially against Tungavailoa, who's an interception machine, right? Like mm-hmm. they are going to draw people in weird spaces. And I think that that's a good plan for Maryland. So I'm not sure I agree with that take. And I, I mean, you're right. It's going to be a test for the defense and. Yeah. They're, yeah.
1: they're confident with their big guys yeah. dropping. And, and the thing that they have been various, assignment so they've been exactly where they're supposed to be. I think that the guys who were doing it last year, like Mike Morris, Gonna feel more comfortable to me is very, very matchup specific. And I've been impressed. I mean, one of the most impressive plays to me was Makari Page coming up on a run play. Mm-hmm. He comes down and he destroys the guard. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, and, I and, love that one. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, man, I now I don't know if that translates right. I probably, <laughs> probably not gonna be blowing up offensive guards. In the Big Ten, I mean, he's six, but it, it, yeah. says, it says like, something he's about not tiny. It says something <laughs> about the the level of physicality that he is. He is graduating, so he'll stick his nose in there. You saw him come up, make a tackle from depth. I think that was in the in the first game. He was mm-hmm. in man coverage, so we're seeing some some different layers of versatility from from different guys. I, we just got to see if they can do the same thing against superior athletes, or, or I'm talking yeah. about superior to what they've seen so far. Because yeah. if like, they can,
4: man. I want to see if that dime package holds up because I I love that dime package. You got Rod Moore, you have page, you have Moten. You're so flexible. You can blitz from anywhere. You can have guys come off the corner. You can have safeties come over the top, having a real dime package where you have six defensive backs, where you actually have faith in all of them. I hasn't, hasn't something, hasn't been something we've seen very much in the, in Jim Harbaugh era. And I think, against a lot of these spread offenses, that three safety look is in vogue, particularly in the big 12. And if Michigan can have a version of that, then that's going to be very good for their ability to defend these kind of teams. Yeah,
1: all right, we got, we, got to get to with... we got to get to a break okay. real quick. We'll come back on the other side, pick this up when we return on the Michigan insider on sports talk, ten fifty WTK. The WTK. So I said, we all are expecting Michigan to, to win this, to win this game. I, I I expect we expect Michigan to win this game. You you guys are saying you expect them to win the conference, yeah, yeah. Right?
2: I, I I I said that Michigan's going to run the table until Ohio State. But there we go. are I mean this is the week to 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 see what the defense can do. Next week is the week to see what the offense can do, and then we can like start playing full teams.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with that. That if if the defense does in this game holds up like I expect them to, then I'll be extremely confident in the preseason prediction that they'll roll in there. Uh, you know, facing uh, Ohio State undefeated because I, my confidence has been growing. When you look at what ha- was happened at Iowa, mm-hmm. and then when you look at Michigan State, when you look at Michigan State last Washington's week, Washington's
2: better than the thing. Washington hey, should been the number uh, eleven team, and Michigan did, State should have been the. Didn't un- they <laughs> un- say <laughs> though?
1: Didn't they say that the secondary was going to be improved? Uh, and say what you want. I, I'm a believer in Michael Penix when healthy, but damn, they
2: they got a guy. They. What did they say Michigan State needed in the secondary? Speed. What did they get? A guy named Speed. They handled it. It's over. <laughs> but don't they look worse?
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, they didn't look worse because they were the worst team in the country. <laughs> yeah. So they looked about the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing that I think has to be more alarming for Michigan State is what their ground game did. They averaged like their backs averaged like 1.4 yards a carry, I think, or there was maybe one yeah. run that they had, but they look utterly dependent. On Kenneth Walker, and you know the guy from Wisconsin who was the running back when Wisconsin's running game was bad last year, and when he stopped playing, Wisconsin's running better. game was good is not the solution to that problem. So I think you know they got a lot of they got a lot of issues. And then by the end of that game, Peyton Thorne was looking a lot like Sean Clifford at the end. Wasn't of the he?
2: Wasn't he? No, 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 he was looking like Sean Clifford in the third quarter because Sean Clifford takes a lot of hits, gets up like a zombie, and keeps playing. Peyton Thorne looked like that in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, he just looked like Devin Gardner. Well, I say, look, he
1: kept playing. He kept playing, He and he kept delivering some passes. Not at the end. Passes, at the but... end,
2: he looked broken at the very end of that game. Okay. Like, that last drive they had, he couldn't hit anything. He was just, he was done. He was cooked. And that, they can't protect him. And last year, they had, like, nine offensive linemen they were rotating in. So, anytime somebody messed up, they could be like, hey, 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 come off the field. And they, you know, work on it with him. Now, it's just they're stuck with the guys out there. You know, Nick Samak was supposed to be like the second coming at center. And yeah, I guess I didn't feel
1: like terrible. they prote- I didn't feel like they protected very well last year anyway, either. No, no, I, no,
4: their, their offensive line was a mess and they covered it up with Walker. I mean, Michigan in that game last year, how many uh, Walker's yards were him just making something out of nothing by managing to pop outside the edge, which is very, very frustrating. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they're, I don't, I don't want to write them off just yet because every time you write them off, they, like, st- stagger forward. But <laughs> they
2: are the best fourth and sixth team I've well, ever seen. Well, here's the thing.
1: So, we, yeah. our, our attention is, is obviously focused on Michigan-Maryland. That's intriguing to us because it's their first big-time matchup. But the, the more intriguing game for the Big Ten, I think, is Minnesota-Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Like, is how, how, much of, how much do you guys believe in Minnesota right now? Like, do you think they're
4: a little
2: bit? Their defense is pretty real. Like, I mean, their they're...
4: defense was good last year. So it's not like it's a fluke and it's not proven. I mean, they lost some guys from that defense and they lost Chris Otland Bell for the year. But I don't know who's Mich- Minnesota's number two receiver and how much better are they than the Michigan State secondary? <laughs> That's the question in
1: that game because you know that their ground game is outstanding, but you got to be. able – I mean, I thought Tanner Morgan was going to be like a dude. Then Rashad Bateman, whoever that other receiver was, I can't mm-hmm. remember, leaves, and he looks regular. He looks and pedestrian. No, he,
2: I never thought he was going to do because they were such an RPO team. And they brought back the the offensive coordinator. who Siraca, like, who went to Penn State for a year and, and didn't work there. But, I mean, I, I love what they did because they Minnesota said, who are we? We're just guys who have, like, everybody's Chuck Filianga, right? Like, they're all six-year transfers that are on that line, and they're all just humongous dudes who just push you forward and you can run an offense off of that. Like they have a thing that they do well. Now They don't have their 400 pound tackle anymore, which is too bad because he was so much fun to watch in college. And I don't know if he's gonna be much of a pro, but like that's who they are. And like when you have an identity and when you have a defense, that's, you don't need much more to win the big 10 West these days. <laughs>
1: it is true. This is, this is, yeah. if Michigan state loses this game, think about who they got. They got to play Maryland with mm-hmm. all these receivers so I think Maryland will at least it'll at least be a shootout. Maryland will light up that so secondary. Both
2: those teams can punch themselves. In the Maryland, Michigan State is always just like a mess,
1: right? And then they, uh, I know they they have to play Ohio State. I think is the week after that. Is it? Ira, it, I had Michigan State. I have it right here as a matter of fact. So they it's, have Wisconsin, it's Minnesota, too. Maryland, Ohio State, then Wisconsin. Wisconsin is actually. The most winnable game to me in that stretch before the bye week in Michigan. So these, this game and and what it, how it shapes the outlook for the next few weeks, huge for Michigan State in my opinion.
3: Well, Michigan State's an enigma to me, as you guys have pointed out. One, their 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 running backs don't seem to be that good. I mean, at least this last week, I it was a, I think they had thirty two yards and twenty seven carries, something like that, and. uh, their offensive line doesn't seem to be particularly good in either the run game or in pass pro, uh, their, their, the Slade was hurt now this week. And I don't know what, what his situation is. And he's the real deal, uh, the defensive tackle. I mean, he's, he's a tremendous player. And so I don't, There, I don't, I just don't know. You look at their secondary, it seems not very good. Uh, so it's just got massive holes. What they have is thorn and some wide receivers and, and whether that's, that's good enough, just, it would seem like the answer would be no. It's just, we've been burned so many times by Michigan state teams that just didn't look that good. I'm, I'm reticent. I'm reticent to uh, not say it to, you know, dig them a grave at this, at this point in time. And, and to me, I think the Minnesota Michigan state game may be a very close game. I think that you know, I'm not so sure that Minnesota's. It, it could. Walk State
2: is the best fourth and sixth team I've ever seen. <laughs> well, it was amazing. And like, plus, uh.
3: even when the ball bounced off of helmets or six guys. Somehow. That's
2: that's what they. They're, so they're the opposite of Nebraska, right? Where Nebraska is actually yeah. better than the three and nine team they were. And Michigan State was about the same team last year. They just the the luck is weird. They they want you to look at all the all the metrics that we've learned from looking at everything, advanced statistics, and like you know what your uh, rate of uh, – whether you're supposed to go for it on fourth and seven and, and throw it out the window. That's what Michigan State's all about. And it works for them. Like, they're just they, – they, they're bad because they get to fourth and six all the time. And then they're going to throw into double coverage on fourth and six with no protection. And then their guy's going to just come down with it. Uh, and, like, that game should have been 62 to nothing. Like, that, that game – Washington was running away with that game. They couldn't score when they got to the goal line twice – they yeah. inside
3: uh, the one yard line. Yeah,
2: I mean, state fumbles it and turns it over, and they get to replay that down because they'd screwed up the snap. Like, and and then they go and throw a <laughs> touchdown next play. Like,
1: Withholding, by the way. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, and that's when oh, they. I, I don't want to be the ref's guy right don't, now. Like, don't do it. <laughs> they tempt a lot of fate. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I just don't know enough
1: about Minnesota's receiving core without Altman Bell, who if he comes back, will be a seventh year senior. I've been talking about that all week. I never heard of that before, right? But I don't know enough about the other guys to 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 really know that they're gonna be able to exploit that secondary as much as it should be exploited, right? Will it be will it be exploited in the manner in which uh, yeah, because Cade exploited them last year to tune in 380 yards, mm-hmm. but there were 500 yards on the field, which we saw le- the next week versus Aiden O'Connell. So what level of ex- exploitation is, is Minnesota
0: going to be capable of without their number one receiver? I well, think,
4: I got yeah. good news for Minnesota fans is that both...
0: Their- this is Rich Eisen. Does your antiperspirant keep you dry all day? Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray goes on instantly dry for a cleaner feel and offers 48 hours sweat and odor protection. I've used antiperspirant sticks for years, but what's great about Dove Men Dry Spray is that it feels light and clean on your skin. It's also quick and easy to use, great for topping up when you're on the go. Also, Dove Men Dry Spray contains Dove's unique one-quarter moisturizing cream that helps protect your skin. Try Dove... Love Men Plus Care Dry Spray goes on dry, clean feel all day.
4: Our, uh, number two and number three receivers also have hyphenated last names. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good sign. All
1: right, all right. So uh, you, we talked a little bit about Wisconsin. Do they have – there was a time where you would say, you know, Wisconsin could – they could ball control their way to being in this game with Ohio State, but it feels like they're going to get destroyed now. Like you watch them lose to Washington State at home, they don't have a prayer against Ohio State, do they? No, no,
3: <laughs> uh, no. I mean, uh, they're just, they don't have the running backs they've had in the past. Their offensive line isn't as good. The quarterback plays mediocre, and their defense, while well coached, remains kind of ponderous, uh, although competent. Uh, so, no, I don't see them
2: having a, yeah, they having just, a chance. They should just play this game in Indianapolis. It's going to be like every, every single one of those.
1: So, are, you, are any of you buying Penn State? Hey, yes, auto. I am. You are?
2: I am. I mean, I, I, they were good.
1: How, how high
4: do you that, want to be on Auburn? <laughs> yeah, Auburn yeah. is just in a spiral. There was a report today True. that a recruit called up Brian Harson and he said it's out of my hands, and he hung up. So,
0: <laughs> is, it, what is, is that, that serious?
4: Is that I, see, Yeah, that's serious. Like, uh, so I, I, we'll see. I mean, I, I think that Penn State still has to prove a little bit about their ground game. They have that freshman running back who's doing fairly well. But I, I think that there's at least a decent chance that, uh, Auburn is just spiraling out of control and they're going to look like, you know, a three and nine team at the end of the year. So we're going to have to confirm that their ground game actually exists because they put up three yards of carry against Purdue. Right, like, eh.
1: yeah, Auburn is in shambles. They, they are, they're terrible. So, yeah, it
3: was still a good win for Penn State, and they looked pretty good. And, uh, and that was on the road. I'm pretty sure. So, I, I think they're the most complete team Michigan will face uh, until Ohio State. Yeah, I,
4: mean, I, I agree with that for fine. for sure. Like, they're the second most threatening team on the schedule.
1: But it's in Ann Arbor, and for some reason, James Franklin in Ann Arbor gets the brakes beat off of him, and we'll, so we can we'll hope, yeah, we'll, we'll hope that trend. Yeah, we'll hope that trend continues. I mean, they're when a they top to twenty time. team,
2: right? That's what they are. They they have a talent. They can they can score some points. They can. Clifford can get back up again after you knock him down, and if he gets knocked down, they actually have a backup this year, unlike last year when they had you know Digo Roberson. Um, and Michigan needs them to be that because that's our only chance, possibly, for a ranked team on the schedule. <laughs> if we lose to Ohio State and like want to get on the pl- into the playoffs with one loss,
1: yeah, man. And suddenly, I, I'm not taken for granted. Going to Iowa, Kinnick is always bad, but Kinnick at noon. <laughs> It's is better than Kinnick at eight o'clock.
2: They're going to delay that. They're going to they get continue, like a and storm continue. or something like that and delay it till seven o'clock and I, be like, I guys,
1: just guess don't what think
4: it matters. Like is Spencer Petras going to be
1: right, right, man? Right. I mean, and they're going to the, he's going to go to the hilt with his son. Talk about Kirk Ferentz.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, who's going to win this game between? I'm actually cheating right now using you guys to help me in my picks. But uh, what do you guys <laughs> think of this uh, this Iowa Rectors game?
4: I mean. I got I got Rutgers uh scoring no points. <laughs>
1: and and Iowa scoring negative points.
3: Uh, no, oh, I work? mean like three to play two the, play the under.
2: Yeah, both yeah. both offenses Bet are. Bet the terrible. score. Bet the pick the under on the on the total score. That's what I Yeah, just...
4: pick
3: yeah, pick the under on whatever the total is. Like, is this... I are there gonna
4: be more points in this game or the Iowa Rutgers soccer game? <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Terrible, terrible, terrible. But you know what? And you know, there maybe they can start finally fencing the garden. Maybe they could start finally making some hay by beating up on, on teams like Iowa. Rutgers is actually looks like they're taking a somewhat of a step. They are
2: I, I don't imagine Rutgers and Iowa are going head to head for a lot of recruits. They I, seem to be kind of in different markets there.
1: Yeah, I I thought that Rutgers would would be a a doormat for a little while longer, and Iowa, at least for this season, is is below them. Is but I actually picked Rutgers in this game.
4: How oh, did you?
1: I picked Rutgers in I mean, this game. Don't
2: I get mean, carried away. I, here. I just don't
1: think. I just don't think. <laughs>
2: no,
0: no, they're, even they're with not, that, even
2: with the better defense, I don't think they can score points. They're not in the Rutgers tier anymore. They don't have their own tier of the Big Ten anymore. They're just at the bottom of the Big Ten. But like, who do you I mean, fear on Iowa's
1: offense? Like, what what do they do that you? Oh man, I got to watch out for that.
4: Play yeah, action I, I, to the tight I, I don't, end. I don't know. It must <laughs> have a tight end. They always do. They do. Yeah, they have LaPorta, who's pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Rutgers is they're coming off a win against Temple. Great. They gained <laughs> 200 yards against Temple. So, like, what's going to happen when they play Iowa? Yeah. I, I just – I mean, I, I, I think it's going to be an ugly game, and it's going to be, like, 10-3. to 3 and I think Iowa's going to have 10.
3: Yeah, I agree with you, Brian. I, 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 I see Iowa winning the game, Sam. I think – uh, I mean, Iowa has a, has a good, solid defense. They know what they're doing. They've been doing it for a long time, and uh, and Rutgers' offense is not good. Uh, so <laughs> somehow, somehow, Iowa will score some points. You know, a block punt, a, a pick six, something. Uh, but that that's how I see that
1: one. We'll see, man. We'll see. We'll break it all down. Not Iowa Rutgers. We'll break it all down from a Michigan perspective uh, next week. So give me your winner and your score, Michigan-Maryland, starting with right here in studio, Seth. Who you got?
2: Uh, Michigan, 42-27. What's the line, Ira? What's the line in that game?
4: 17 and a half. All right. What you got, Craig? Uh
3: 35-9, Michigan. They cover again.
1: Wow. You yeah. got them holding them under 10 points. Yeah, Michigan's definitely rolling in undefeated. Yeah. They keep them under 10 points in this game.
4: Right. Uh, Brian? 50-17. to 17. A.J. Henning scores another punt return touchdown, and everybody's still mad at him.
1: <laughs> so four straight games of 50 uh, fifty points. Has that happened
4: before? No. Uh, in the
3: point-of-minute years, maybe. Oh, yeah. I'd have to look. I mean, be because they did, you know, people think point a minute was apocryphal. It isn't. Uh, they actually scored more than a point a minute. Some of those are
2: 30-minute uh, games.
3: Yeah, some of those are like, yeah, Ohio State walked off the field at halftime in one of those games. I
4: believe Zach put up for on your site, Sam, that Michigan scored 200 points in September in 2016. It's like the only time that's ever happened. Mm, mm.
1: All right. Well, before we go. Seth, tell the people about Hell to the Victors.
2: Uh, you can get it on, uh, you just go to our website and find it right there. You can get it at any Underground Printing. You can come and find us tomorrow. Uh, we'll be at Underground Printing downtown on South Main and doing our MGO radio with the Sklar brothers. And then we're going to have a show with the Sklars afterwards at the
4: Comedy Showcase, so you should come for that.
1: Yeah, they're actually going to be, be in studio tomorrow with
2: John Bacon.
4: The Sklars will be doing comedy. Seth and I will not be doing comedy. So they they, asked. Should come
2: they asked. They wanted Brian to do a stand-up routine, and he's just like, uh, You guys. got a stand-up routine,
4: Brian? <laughs> I mean, I used to do yeah. open mics like 15 years ago. So, no, I don't. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, you were pretty funny last night. And, you know, I could have used some of that stuff. <laughs>
4: hey, well, you have we... a good blog,
2: too.
1: Yeah, maybe one day we'll we'll be able to check you out, check you out and revisit some of your for, former glory. In the meantime, in between time, though, we'll continue to talk Michigan football, certainly on the MGo Blog Roundtable next week. We'll be back here tomorrow. Remember, I just said, Sklar's in studio with John U. Bacon, so you don't want to miss the 9 o'clock hour tomorrow. I mean, that's it's gonna not be a going blast. off the
2: rails. <laughs> right?
1: <Yeah. laughs>